probably have to edit that part out, huh? <laughs> listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Hello, hello, Sarah McKenzie here. This is episode 122 of the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. So today I've got the Read Aloud Revival team with me. You might not know who makes up our team. First, my husband, who might be the one to answer emails when you write in. He takes care of a whole lot of other behind-the-scenes details here at The Revival. He's not joining me on the show today, but our other team members, we've got two other team members. They are Courtney Garrison, who is our Read Aloud Revival community director, and Kara Anderson, our Read Aloud Revival podcast manager, are joining me today. We've assembled a brand new book list for you, and we're dishing all about it on today's show. Now, before we dive into this brand new wonderful book list we're going to talk about today, I have a question from Amber that I'll be answering. My name is Amber. I'm from Indiana. I just listened to your podcast on reading to a wide range of ages. My question is, when you have a specific book that you want to read to just your older kids, how do you keep the younger kids from listening in or joining in? Also. What are your tips for busy moms who want to find the time to read to two different age groups? These are great questions, Amber. You've probably heard me say that I do indeed read some books to only my older kids, who at this time are currently 17, 15, and 13, and then different books to my younger kids. Those are currently six, five, and five. I might be reading a book just to my older kids because the content isn't really appropriate for younger ears. I can tell you the two most common times I read to just my older kids. One is after the littles are in bed. They go to bed around 7, and my older kids don't go to bed until 8.30 or 9. I will tell you this is not my favorite time of day for read-alouds because I am tired. (laughs) But if it's all we can get, we take it. You know, mixing up a batch of cocoa or something can help make it special. In seasons where it's just difficult or impossible to use that before bedtime, or even just on days when that's impossible. My oldest daughter has a job, so sometimes she's not here. Sometimes I really just am too tired. I will read earlier in the day, and the way I do that is I put on a short show for my younger kids. I know, I can hear all the parenting police gasping right now as I say that. I put on a short show for my younger kids, and then I read with my older ones in a nearby room. At some point along the way, it became clear to me that I only had a short time left with my oldest kids, Like I said, my oldest daughter's 17, so she'll be going off to college, no time at all. And as far as giving the little ones some screen time, I just think it's not a bad use for that, using about 20 or 30 minutes of screen time for my younger kids so that I can connect with my older ones is a trade-off I'm willing to make. So sometimes that's what I do as well. The other question you asked about is tips for busy moms who want to find time to read to two different age groups, which is also what I do. So You know, when I'm reading with the older kids, and to clarify, I don't read to them every day. We just shoot for most days. Every other day or so, in some seasons it's more, in some seasons it's less. The younger kids get read to every day. I read to my younger kids every day their bedtime stories, but I also try to read picture books earlier in the day. Often it's a tool I use to calm down a tantruming child (laughs) or just to reset and snuggle. 
I'd say the bedtime read aloud with the younger kids is routine. It's the most consistent. And the rest of our read aloud times aren't quite as routine. We just have books everywhere. So I'm constantly being asked to read aloud. My kids are also not early readers themselves. And so they need to be read to if they want to engage in a story and they do want to engage in stories. I have said before that putting books face out is helpful to getting your kids to pick up books. And if you do that, if you put books face out, you will find them asking you to read to them more often. And oftentimes that's just the best way to fit in fit in more reading aloud is helping your kids ask you to read to them more often. So keep in mind that you don't have to read aloud every single day and that your read aloud times can be as short as 10 minutes. That can help when you have a really busy schedule and you have multiple groups of kids that you want to read to. You can even set a reminder on your phone if that would help. I hope that helps, Amber. Hey, listeners, if you have a question you'd like me to answer on an upcoming episode of the podcast, go to readaloudrevival.com, scroll to the bottom of the page. You'll find a spot that says, got a question for Sarah McKenzie, and that's where you leave your voice message. Well, as always, it is a treat to have the Read Aloud Revival team with me here today. So. Before we launch into our conversation about this awesome book list we have for you, I'd love for each of you ladies to tell our listeners a little about what you do at Reloader Revival. Courtney, do you want to start? Sure. I am the community director, and that means that I do lots of customer service stuff. So if you ever have a question or can't download something, you probably emailed me. And I also work inside of membership in the forum and helping get events ready. So it's a fun, fun gig. And keep me on track and make sure I get on my plane because sometimes that doesn't happen. (laughs) She does a lot more than she's giving herself credit for. (laughs) Kara, what about you? So I'm the podcast manager. So I help to schedule guests for the podcast and put together the show notes and the stuff that goes along with it, like transcripts and the cheat sheet that you can print out and all kinds of other behind the scenes stuff. The only reason the Read Aloud Revival works as well as it does is because of the work you ladies put into it. So it's always a treat to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk about this book list today. Today, we have a list of picture book biographies, which I think has been on our list of book lists to make for a very long time. And I'm really excited about this particular list because it's just really good. Courtney really headed it up and gave us this list. And I have been reading through it and just loving everything that we read. My kids have been loving it. So I'm really excited to share these with our listeners. Before we get into the actual titles, Courtney, you're really the person who reminded me of how much I love picture books and also convinced me that they are as worthwhile as anything else I'm reading with my kids. And so let's talk about that. Why picture books? Why why is your heart so big for picture books? I think picture books sometimes get forgotten in the read aloud world because we want to move into the classics. We want to move into E.B. White and Charlotte's Web and Laura Ingalls Wilder and read those beautiful stories. And so we kind of think that picture books come before that and then we move on from them. But we shouldn't because there's so much good stuff inside. And they're short. That's a really good thing. I mean, for the busiest people, you can always squeeze in a picture book. You're not committing yourself to a big, long novel that's going to take weeks and weeks to read aloud. You're committing yourself to maybe, you know, 10 minutes of good connection with your kids. 
yeah, you can get a whole story in then. It's not like you just get a chapter. You get the whole story structure, the entire thing in just a few minutes, which is something you can't do with the novel. And that's wonderful because you can practice thinking about the way that stories work. You can talk about what does the main character want and why can't they have it? And those, getting into those habits, even with our youngest kids, really pays off in, when they get older and are tackling bigger books. One of the things I really love about picture books is their careful attention to really beautiful language. So in talking to all these picture book authors at Read Aloud Revival, especially the authors that come for our author access and premium membership, they're constantly telling us how every single word in those picture books matter. And a lot of picture books read like poetry. So the language in them is very beautiful and curated and carefully selected. A lot of times I think we tend to think picture books are for little kids and we don't even realize that they're oftentimes written at a higher level than most of the middle grade novels or YA novels that we're handing to our teenagers. Yeah, something that we've been doing this year is using a line from a picture book as copy work or dictation in our homeschool. And so it's just one little line. It's not a big selection. It's, it's a small piece, but it's really helped the kids be excited about doing copy work because it immediately brings them right back into the story. Just a few lines, a few carefully chosen words helps them to enter into that world again. And so when they open up their notebook and see the passage that I've picked, their eyes light up and we start talking about the story all over again. Now, Kara, you have older kids. Remind me how old they are. They are going to be 12 by the time this podcast airs and very much on the way to 15 by the time this podcast airs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. And so picture books, have you moved past them in your house? You know, we haven't because I still find that there is a ton of value in reading a picture book with older kids. I've found it's a great way to introduce a person in a certain historical time period and then connect your kids with that historical time period. So by stepping into the character's shoes through a picture book, they really get kind of an idea of what it was like to live during a certain time. So it's one of our favorite ways to study history. And I think a good biography picture book is just such a good jumping off point for so much more. One of the things that Caroline Star Rose said when she was here at Read Aloud Revival in episode 71, she writes historical fiction, middle grade novels and picture books. And she told us that no matter what she's researching, when she begins research for her writing projects, she always starts with a stack of picture books. You know, instead of heading to an encyclopedia or digging into other more official research, she starts by reading picture books. And so that's something that I think is really inspiring. And Courtney, I know that you had mentioned like sort of being mind blown, like, wait, it's not cheating. It's that's fair and it counts. <laughs> it's because picture books are so delightful. You know, you don't think of research as being something that's wonderful. Research is something that sparks your imagination. Research is something that calls forth your own creativity. And that's what picture books do. And so I loved when when Caroline Star Rose said that because it really sparked my imagination for the, the way that we could use picture books. One of the things that I find particularly delightful about picture books is this happens a lot in my home, especially because I have older kids and younger kids. So my oldest are currently 17, 15, and 13. And the younger ones are five and six. And so I will sit down to read a picture book with the younger ones and look up when I'm done or halfway through and all the older ones have wandered in or sat down or peeking over my shoulder. It's just like a warm memory for them. They want to revisit. 
or it's intriguing. It's something you want to look at the pictures and sit for a while. So I love that. It's that invitation to connect with our kids, no matter what their ages are. Or, I mean, your husband might even, you might find that he'll wander through the, the room, right? And be like, um, hang on a second. I want to look at that picture. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's not just the words, because the pictures are a part of what's happening as well. You want to see it. You can't just hear it. You have to get in close and sit next to each other and pour over the, the illustrations. Yeah, that's something I don't think I realized when I first started reading with my kids. So there's actually a difference between a storybook and a picture book. A storybook is something that can be read with or without pictures. So when we are thinking of reading a, a fairy tale, a classic fairy tale, like Little Red Riding Hood, like old style fairy tale, you can read that story and you don't need pictures to understand what happens. An actual picture book is only a picture book because you need the pictures to tell part of the story. And so what you'll notice when you pay attention to that little detail as you're reading with your kids and picture books is that part of the story would be lost if you didn't get to see the pictures. And it's so, you know, it's funny to me that we do tend to think of picture books as books that are for little kids. And then we all as grownups and with our teenagers go off to the art museum and want to stare at art on the walls when really a picture book is an art gallery you, you have in your lap with your child that you get to just spend time with on your cozy couch while you're sipping cocoa and talking about the story. It's a beautiful experience of story in words and in pictures. One of the books that's on the list is called Balderdash, John Newberry and the Boisterous Birth of Children's Books by Michelle Markle. And it's illustrated by Nancy Carpenter. And she is just a wonderful illustrator. I really feel like she knows children. She has illustrated a lot of really good books, books that should be on everyone's shelf. Abe Lincoln, The Boy Who Loved Books, Apples to Oregon, Dear Mr. Washington. And in all of these books, there are kids who are a little bit mischievous or a little bit, they're doing funny things and they're really true to life. My kids, like they just get these knowing looks on their face when you turn the page and they're never, it's not the main character who's doing it. It's always some little kid on the side who's doing something naughty and they're just wonderful. And you just know, like, I don't know anything about Nancy Carpenter, but I have a feeling that she knows kids really well. <laughs> or maybe she is a mischievous streak herself. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> we might have to invite her on to ask her. <laughs> I would love to. I have fallen in love with Jen Bryant's picture book biographies. And so I've slowly been, we've slowly been reading them. And every time I find another one, I think, oh, that one's by Jen Bryant. We should read it. I, on Courtney's recommendation, got Six Dots, a story of young Louis Braille from the library. And I really enjoyed it. But my six-year-old Clara did not just enjoy it. I mean, she loves this book. She had, I think, three or four of us in our family read it to her all in the same day over and over. She was just so interested in, and she just stares at the picture where Louis becomes blind. Um, it's not graphic or anything. I realize that sounds terrible. It's a beautiful picture, but it's, the, it's a pivotal moment, of course, in Louis's life. And something about that part of the book, she just really, really became interested in it and um, asked me if there's any way we could find a book that's in Braille. And just it leads you in this whole new direction that you didn't know didn't know was coming. I love that she wants to now explore Braille because of that book, because what you were talking about, you know, where you find an author of picture books that you love, and then you start picking up those books and reading each one. Sometimes what can happen is you'll pick up a book unexpectedly and it will create its own sort of 
like informal unit study from that, you know, like I'm thinking Snowflake Bentley, which we had all kinds of activities last month, real loud revival around Snowflake Bentley. But when we started working on it as a team, with the kids and I had like a whole Snowflake week almost just talking about different things, you know, with around that picture book. And I also think that picture books can be a good way to introduce kids to topics that might be kind of difficult to talk about. And so I'm thinking a book like Emmanuel's Dream, which is about a boy who was born in Ghana and he was born missing a leg. And at that time in Ghana, that was considered almost like a curse. And he was born to a mother who wanted to help him, you know, past all of that and the kind of stigma attached to it and everything. And he went on to bicycle across like 400 miles in 10 days to show that, you know, a disability wouldn't define him. And, you know, there's books like The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, which is about a boy in a village in Malawi. They experienced a famine and he was forced to leave school to help support his family and somehow ended up at the library, <laughs> a library that Americans had built there and started researching how to build different things and ended up adding windmills to their village so that they would never experience a famine again. And I mean, he went on to like have a TED conference in Tanzania, like a TED talk and everything. But you know, these are things that like our kids might not run into in their world. And yet through a picture book, they're able to experience it. It reminds me again of Six Dots, the book about Louis Braille. Jen Bryant, the author, she had already written a middle grade novel about Louis Braille. But, and she said it was full of all of the right facts and figures, but it somehow was missing something. And she said what it was missing was what does it feel like to be Louis Braille? That was the book. That was the story she wanted to write was what does it feel like? And I think all of these books that Kara's mentioning, it gives us a way into what does it feel like to be different, to be what does it feel like to be blind? What does it feel like to experience the world in a different way? And that's, I mean, you know, that sort of empathy and connection with people who are different from us, that's what we want for our kids. That's what we want for ourselves. What does it feel like to be Louis Braille? What does it feel like to be Abe Lincoln? What does it feel like to be Thomas Jefferson and creating the first library? I mean, all of those questions are answered in a 32-page picture book in a way that feels a lot more visceral and personal than maybe a longer narrative could possibly do. Okay, so thinking through this particular list of picture book biographies, this list can serve as an invitation for your family to dive into the lives of those who've gone before us in a way that doesn't feel like your typical history lesson. It feels like something better. We have a whole list for you in the show notes at readaloudrevival.com slash 122. Of course, you can see the whole list there. You can also download a printable version. You can print out and take with you to the library or bookshop. And that's super handy to have. Get that all at readaloudrevival.com slash one, two, two. We won't have time here on the show to talk about every book on the list, but I thought maybe each of us could pick one or two to talk about. There is a Hidden Figures. A lot of us have heard the movie, heard about the movie Hidden Figures, right? And there's a book for adults and there's a picture book by Margot Lee Shutterly. And we've read the picture book. 
But we've also read, we listened to the young readers version in the car. And then I read the adult version of the book. And then as kind of like the cap on everything, we watched the movie and then we had like a space night in our house. So we drank Tang and we ate astronaut ice cream. And it was just this fantastic memory that we have together. You are um, the coolest mom ever. Oh, I know she is. Totally. Like, your kids are like, Tang, I am in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny about Tang is that you cannot buy a small amount of Tang. You have to commit. So something like that, where then we can have these great conversations because I've read the grown up version. We listened to the one in the car. We looked at the great illustrations. And it's just like this whole thing where you, you connect with these real people and this real time in history. And it was just, it was really powerful while also being really fun. Okay. And then the other, this isn't a favorite. This is a favorite like topic, I guess, is math picture books, because math is just not a place where we tend to have a ton of fun in our homeschool. I wish we had more fun. Have you guys read The Boy Who Loved Math, The Improbable Life of Paul Erdos? We've read that. We've read Nothing Stops Sophie, the story of unshakable mathematician Sophie Germain, Blockhead, the life of Fibonacci, <laughs> and kind of along that same line, Ada Byron, Lovelace, and the Thinking Machine. I think we might have mentioned this before on the show, The Boy Who Drew Birds, a story of John James Audubon by Jacqueline Davies, illustrated by Melissa Sweet. This is a picture book about the famous ornithologist John James Audubon, and I loved it. This may have been my own real introduction, actually, into Audubon's life before I really knew much about him as an adult. But as with all of Melissa Sweet's illustrations, they're beautiful and rich, and there's lots to look at because she uses several different mediums. And so there's just a lot of different things to look at. And then, of course, you learn so much. So I really enjoyed that one. She has such a nice illustrator's note in the back talking about how she sourced her material. I really like the notes in this book too. It's called Emma's Poem, The Voice of the Statue of Liberty by Linda Glazer with paintings by Clara A. Nivola. Those are both author and illustrator that are new to me. The book kind of looks like, reminds me of The Dress and the Girl by Camille Andros. Really beautiful, colorful illustrations. And it's about Emma Lazarus and the New Colossus, the poem that's on the bottom of um, the Statue of Liberty. So it covers a historic moment and in the back, both the author and the illustrator show family pictures of the first time that their family came to America. And so it's really wonderful to see these old, old pictures from 1893 and their passport pictures from Russia of the illustrator's grandparents. It's, it really makes it, it's not just a story about people in the past. It's a story about somebody's grandma. I love that. So in Read Aloud Revival Premium Membership, one of our members, Michelle, recommended Barb Rosenstock. And she's written some books like The Noisy Paint Box, which I think has won some awards about the artist Kandinsky. The favorite one at our house is Thomas Jefferson Builds a Library. And this is one of those cases where you, you like a book, but you don't expect your kids to love it. And then you find out they do. So it's kind of like six dots. Same little girl, Clara, who's six. <laughs> she loves Thomas Jefferson Builds a Library. And it's one of those picture books that has a lot of tidbits of information that you could that either they're not really part of the main narrative. So you could kind of skip over them, you know, but I can't because I read them once. And so now when I try to read it and skip over anything, she remembers what fact is on which page and asks me to read that section. 
So we were reading it for bedtime not too long ago. And you know how it is before bedtime. I am looking for the short picture books before bedtime because I just want to get the show on the road so I can get back to my book. <laughs> and so I tried to find a short book. So no, that's not going to work. She wants me to read Thomas Jefferson Builds a Library. Great. But I try to skip over some of the little tidbits and that just did not fly. So Barb Rosenstock's picture book biographies are quickly becoming favorites of mine. I wonder if Claire is going to become a historian. That will be interesting to see, won't it? I know Barb has some other biographies that our members have really liked. One about Joe DiMaggio becoming an American baseball hero. One about a camping trip that changed America. That one features Theodore Roosevelt, John Muir, and it's a story of our national parks. She's got one on Vincent Van Gogh and one on Bill Monroe, who is a bluegrass musician. So lots and lots of different topics. There's definitely picture book biographies that can appeal to your kids no matter what their interests are, I think. I think we're adding to our list as we're stuck. That's good. <laughs> That's good. This is the lady who doesn't have to do the show notes. But. <laughs> So remember that all of the books we're mentioning, plus more, are on this ginormous, now it's becoming pretty ginormous, picture book biography list at readaloudrevival.com slash 122. You can see it there. You can download it to print it off. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. We talk all the time, but we don't talk all the time here at the Read Aloud Revival on the podcast, although you're here all the time. So it's really fun to have you on the mic so our listeners can hear you. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for having us, Sarah. Yep, it's been great. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast, where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. Hi, I'm Melissa Alejandro. I'm nine years old. I live in New Jersey, and my favorite book series are The Land of Stories. I like it because it's a fantasy. Hi, my name is Emma Alejandro. I'm 11 years old, and I live in central New Jersey. Three of my favorite book series are The Penderwicks, The Incorrigible Children of Ashen Place, and The Green Ember. I enjoy these series because they're full of adventure, and I really like adventure stories. My name is Darius Montgomery. I live in Indiana. I am seven years old, and my favorite book is The One and Only Ivan because Ivan found a family and it made me feel very good. My name is Daniel Montgomery. How old are you? Four. What's your favorite book? My favorite book is Captain Underpants. Why do you like Captain Underpants? Because that of amazing stuff. What's your name? Uh, Chloe. Hey. And how old are you? Um, Three. Three. And what's your favorite book? Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse? Uh-huh. Nice. Hi, my name is London. I am 10 years old. I live in Alto, Michigan. And my favorite books are the Wingfeather books, Harry Potter, and Ramona and Beezus. Hi, my name is Claire, and... I live in Alto, Michigan, and I'm six years old. And my favorite book is Muni the Unicorn. Bye. What is your name? Corin. How old are you, Corin? 
<laughs> and where do we live? Alto, Michigan. Alto, Michigan. Very good. And what are your favorite books? Hulk, Superman, Spider-Man. Hulk, Superman, and Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your name? Victor. And how old are you, Victor? Two. And where are you from? Uh, 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 from Michigan. And what's one of your favorite books? Frog and Toad. And why do you like Frog and Toad? Because I like to say blah. Who says blah? Toad. Toad. All right. Say bye. Bye. What's your name? Ava. And how old are you, Ava? Three. And where do you live? North Carolina. And what did you tell Bobby your favorite books are? How about you can be Sarah Kenzie? <laughs> I can be Sarah McKenzie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what are your favorite books? <laughs> Say what's your name first. Okay, what are your what are your favorite books? No, it's too cute. Ava. No, what's your favorite book? I said what's your name? Girl? Oh, okay, what's your name? Ava. Uh-huh. And what's your favorite books? Potty Poopery. Okay. The Free Ninja Pig. And Uncle Wiggly. And Uncle Wiggly. And what's your favorite part of Three Ninja Pigs? When the girl kicks the, the statue. When she kicks the what does she say? She says, yeah. And that's a wrap on episode 122. Thank you for joining me. Always a pleasure to spend some time with you. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember that all of the books that were mentioned on today's show are in the show notes. And there's also a printable version that you can download. You can grab that by going to readaloudrevival.com slash 122. I will be back in two weeks with another episode. Really excited to share this interview that I had. Ooh, I'm not even going to give you any peeks. I'm just excited about it. And I hope you join me <laughs> two weeks from now for a great episode of the Read Aloud Revival. In the meantime, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Thank you.